today, more damning evidence that gender-affirming care is actually kind of the opposite of life-saving. Mayor Pete finally visits Ohio, and it doesn't go well. And Kyle Rittenhouse is sued by the man who admitted he pursued Kyle with a gun. We've got all of that and more coming up, but it all starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. And a new study from Mercy Catholic Hospital in Pennsylvania shows that trans patients who undergo hormone therapy are up to seven times more likely to have a stroke than those who aren't prescribed hormones, six times more likely to have a heart attack, and five times more likely to develop a pulmonary embolism, which comes with a significant rate of fatality. That's not all. The study also showed that people taking hormone replacement therapy had significantly higher rates of hypothyroidism and substance abuse disorder. This is, of course, on top of the studies that have existed for years showing that transgender people using hormone treatments are more likely to develop certain cancers, more likely to have liver damage, blood pressure, and blood clotting issues. But the potential risks of taking hormone therapy is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the dangers of enabling mental illness. Because once these people go under the knife and mutilate themselves, women chopping off their breasts, men cutting off their penises, their unhappiness with themselves isn't cured. Post-op trans people are still up to 20 times more likely to commit suicide, more likely to have depression, anxiety. Really strange that they call this type of gender-affirming care life-saving treatment when each phase of it makes you more likely to die. So why then are even our top medical experts pushing young adults and even children into a treatment with often devastating, irreversible side effects? While newly released emails between the now Assistant Secretary of Health Admiral Rachel Levine and Pennsylvania Children's Hospital Dr. Roland Ornstein sum it up quite succinctly, as we've known all along, it's all about the money. The biological male pretending he's a woman, Levin, who at the time was the acting Secretary of Health for the state of Pennsylvania, engaged in a back and forth with Ornstein about how to convince the clinic to hire a social worker because of the financial gains that could be achieved due to the increase in surgeries. Now remember, Dr. Ornstein is a doctor at a children's hospital. Here we see Ornstein asking Levine, as I'm trying to convince the administration about the need for a MSW, Masters in Social Work position, specific for the imminent gender clinic, I'm trying to put together a presentation regarding potential revenue, including downstream. The info from the 2015 report is great, but I believe insurance has changed since then with more coverage for surgery than previously. Now, according to the National Association of Social Workers, one of their jobs as a transgender advocate is to push insurance companies to cover these surgeries. So the email is, of course, referencing the payout the hospital, be, the hospital would be receiving as a reward for mutilating mentally ill people. Levine responded, you should be able to fund a MSW for evaluation and therapy for pediatric and adolescent patients in a program such as you do for the eating disorder program and is done at the Children's Hospital of Pennsylvania. Philadelphia, pre-surgical consult for patients under 18 will most likely be limited to FTM top surgery, that would be uh, young women cutting off their breasts, and that might be a rather limited group of patients, but Ornstein wasn't done. She writes again, I am trying to give them some numbers to help them realize the eventual ROI for this necessary position. Even if the patients under 18 who go for surgery might be limited, the patients we start with will eventually be over 18. So I still think it's worthwhile. In other words, don't worry if we don't get them as children. We'll get them when they're legal since we've already pushed them into this lifestyle and we will all profit greatly from it. 
Now, if you watch this program, you already know this isn't the first time we've heard directly from the medical experts themselves that they are pushing these surgeries for financial gain. Vanderbilt Hospital doctors were busted on tape calling the mutilations big money makers. Johns Hopkins Hospital is openly lobbying for insurance coverage for these surgeries so they can reap the rewards. With the hospital system so corrupt, it's a good thing we have such a mentally stable and competent leader over there at the Department of Health overseeing it all. Such a great example of beauty, grace, femininity. Mm, look at this right here. Look, can we show there he, there he is. So much so, this, this subject of grace, beauty, elegance, that uh, Miss Rachel is going to be the subject of an upcoming children's book celebrating women. Yay! The description of the book reads, as the first openly transgender government official to hold an office that requires Senate confirmation, the first openly transgender four-star officer in uniform service, and the first female four-star admiral in the commissioned corps, Rachel Levine faced many obstacles throughout her life, but she persisted through them all and showed kids of all genders that they can succeed in their dreams too. Because who better to show young girls that they too can achieve their dreams than a mentally ill, hideous man. And now I want to vomit. Here to help me make sense of all, <laughs> all this that's going on. We have Stu Bergier, host of Stu Does America, and uh, Matthew Marsden, actor and producer extraordinaire. Um, this is a clown world. I, 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 I'm like, there are so many things I have to say about all of this transgender movement, uh, the, the money being made, the <clears throat> doctors who are mutilating these patients out of greed. And it's just that I, I, I have a hard time formulating sentences without having to use my swear jar. <laughs> well, here you go. Thank uh, you. You know, uh, if uh, women had a good run, uh, they, they, <laughs> They had a few years there. If you guys would have done your job, we wouldn't mm -hmm. have needed men to step in and, mm -hmm. and do all of your feminine duties for you, mm -hmm. uh, like Rachel. Uh, it's it's really a fascinating thing. And, I, and you think about Rachel Levine, who I think is the deputy deputy yeah, assistant secretary. secretary, assistant secretary. Yeah. Yes. But like, aren't we all one hundred percent sure that Rachel Levine is going to get the main gig at some point? Yes. Like, there's only promotion from here. There's no way that anything. I mean, unless unless. Unless he starts stealing luggage. I mean, other than that, it seems like that's the only way that this career arc can slow down. And there's no reason to believe Rachel Levine is more qualified or as qualified as hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of other medical professionals. In fact, it seems to be quite the opposite because all we ever hear from Rach is, hey, you know, we should be doing more to convince children that it's okay to change their gender yeah. with gender-affirming care, which is the strangest term ever, as it mm -hmm. does the exact opposite of affirming the actual gender of the person. Um, it's, it's really a stunning thing, and it is almost parody. Like, you know, I've been doing the show with Glenn now for over 20 years. Wow, I'm sorry about that. Thing, and it's amazing that I'm still around, <laughs> really. Um, uh, but, like, we would use things like this as targets for parody 10, 15, maybe even five years ago. So, yeah, and then eventually they're going to start naming transgender doctors to be in charge of children's health. <laughs> and then here we are. All of the things that we used to satire are now just reality. It, it, in some ways, you know, beside all of the destructive effects of this, it makes the world a little boring because you, you can't exaggerate for effect anymore because everything that is crazy is already here. You're right. He's right, Matt. He is right. I mean, it's um, these are first world problems. 
<laughs> you, you know, you, you don't see them anywhere else in the world. You don't see these these things where people are becoming transgender. You know, I think like in Matt Walsh's documentary, you see people like, you know, they're laughing at, oh, you're ridiculous. Yeah, like uh, the, the people in Africa, yeah, they're, they're like, like, yeah, right, that's not <laughs> happening. That's stupid. But now, I mean, as you said, Stu, we are at a place now where this is like seriously damaging like it's moving past like any kind of like whatever you know that they're, they're just a minority or you know it's ridiculous we, we all know that it's silly because it is i mean it is silly. it's make-believe right and now it's getting into damaging children which as we've said many times on this show like this is should absolutely be in a, a red line mm -hmm. for everyone mm -hmm. and it's kind of like not really you know people just we've said this before off air that Everyone just kind of carries on with their life. And as long as it doesn't really affect you, no, it does affect you. It affects everything about you. It affects what your kids are going to be mm -hmm. up against. Like you said, this is five years. Where are we going to be in 10 years? Where are we going to be in 15 years? Uh, when, where are we going to get to the point? When are we going to get to the point where airplanes are going to start falling out the sky because of people filling quotas? It, it's funny because on that, on that little piece you put, it's like, it's almost like they want to go out and they have to have a win as in, it's the first Blah, blah, blah. And the first doo, 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 to do this and the first blah, blah, blah. And like sometimes it doesn't matter. Like that, that is not a, a qualifier for someone who's good at their job that they're the first doing X, Y, Z, right? It's almost like they have to go along and tick the box instead of saying, well, look, are they the best person for the job? Mm. Like, really? Are you telling me that that is the best person for that job? I mean, would you give that person, would you let that person babysit your kids? I'm sorry. I mean, this is, I mean, look. <laughs> No, because as soon as he was done with them, they'd be... <laughs> Just too, they'd, too hot. They'd, too hot I'm, right I'm now. too insecure so about myself to allow this yeah, beautiful right. woman to babysit. No, um, no, because you would know at the, at the end of, you know, you come home and your kids would be convinced that they were trans. Because it seems to be all that they're concerned about is making more kids trans and how can we be pushing more kids into this lifestyle? And it's just so frustrating because you get called a, a bigot, you get called transphobic if you say... Look, there's a new study that shows that, that pushing people into this hormone therapy makes them uh, seven times more likely to have a stroke, makes them six times more likely to have a heart attack. And this, by the way, this type of heart attack that it makes them more prone to is like the worst type of heart attack that you can have. It's the most severe, right? So it's like, I'm actually really concerned for these people, for the children specifically, but like also for the mentally ill adults who are not getting the help that they actually need and who are in a very obviously vulnerable state. And you guys are pushing these treatments on them that make them more likely to end up dead. I'm sorry, that makes me transphobic. I feel like it's the opposite. Mm, yeah, no, I, I think you're 100% right. And I think there's a larger issue here with the Biden administration and then the left in general, which is like for, for a long time ago, right? There was a thing that people in the United States did far too often, which was to consider, let's say, skin color as the first thing they looked at when they were hiring someone. And then after that, they would consider merit. And then we all went through a period where we decided that was a really bad construction, right? We shouldn't do skin color first. We should just look at merit. And now the left has tried to drag us back into that same exact construction. We will first look at uh, skin color and then merit, right? Um, you know, we will still look at sexuality and then merit. We will look at, uh, we, at any number of characteristics. And you see how bad these diversity hires are. I mean, Kamala Harris obviously isn't the best person to be vice president of the United States. Corinne Jean-Pierre obviously isn't the best person what? to be vice Hater. secretary. Hater! Uh, uh, Pete Buttigieg is <laughs> oh, obviously not the no. best person to be transportation secretary. I mean, the Biden campaign specifically mocked him about not being able to fit, fill potholes. <laughs>
They were mocking him during the campaign because he couldn't do this one thing, which was like the only thing he did in South Bend. Uh, There's a hundred examples. Rachel Levine's another one. Sam Brinton, I know we're going to talk about later. Another one. You put people, if you look at characteristics, immutable in some ways, and maybe with Rachel Levine, not so immutable, but characteristics that are not fundamental to job performance, if you do, if you look at that first, and then after that, you've sorted out 99.9% of your options, and you're like, okay, there's four people who kind of qualify. Which one should we choose? There's no way you're going to get the best person. Merit has to be the number one thing. And honestly, the only thing. It shouldn't be about skin color or gender or sexuality or any of those things. Just judge people on how good they are at doing their job. That's all. That's it. That's the beginning and the end of the process. That's all it's supposed to be. You shouldn't be judging people negatively because of these characteristics, but you shouldn't put them ahead of the line because of them either. That's wrong, and you wind up with a crappy organization like the Biden administration is right now. Well, what we do, I think it goes back to parenting. If you, if you go back to parenting and you look at the participation generation, right, where they say, you know, everybody gets a trophy. Every, no, there are no winners. No, everyone. No, there are winners, actually. And there are winners in life. And there, you know what? You can figure out a lot about who you are by what you're not good at, actually. You know, you can figure out a lot that, you know, you will not make it onto the basketball team if you're not good enough. And that transfer. So if you want to do something in life, if you want to be an engineer, all right, guess what? You've got to work really hard to get there. And then you'll get the qualifications, which those qualifications normally in like science-based, like STEM stuff, is showing that you are competent at doing something, Yeah. right? Because then mm-hmm. if you want somebody to build a bridge, you want someone that knows what they're doing so the bridge doesn't collapse because in the end, there's more destruction and harm that comes from that. And what we're seeing now is more destruction and harm coming from people that are in- enabling people because they don't want to hurt their feels. That's what it's about. You can't live in a world where you don't offend someone. It, it just doesn't, it can't, the world just doesn't work like that. Mm. It doesn't and it can't functionally. So like I said, now we are, we are really getting to the point where they're cutting, they're mutilating children. I mean, I remember when there was a big push against the female genital mutilation saying, look, this has got to stop. Now it's like, hey, come over, come on. We could, you got 20 years of experience of doing this. Come on, we'll, we'll hire you. It has to end. Else, you know, there literally will be buildings that fall over. There will be planes coming out of the sky because people are not being told no. Mm-hmm. You, you are you are not qualified for that, right? Yeah. You th- that is not who you are. That is not is what that is not what you are, and that's okay. Go fight, figure something else out. But what we're doing is we're enabling these people, mm-hmm. and it's not fair on them. Yeah. Like you said, at the end yeah. of the day. There's harm that comes from that. Yeah, every Corinne Jean-Pierre press conference is like a plane crash. It's like a plane coming out of the sky. It really is. It really is. And uh, by the way, I would like to point out later in the program, we are going to talk about uh, one of those diversity hires, Mayor Pete. I'm sorry, Pothole Pete. Uh, But uh, we're going to take a quick break. We will be back with more with uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, actually. I want to thank our sponsor first, Patriot Mobile. So uh, thanks to all of your support, Patriot Mobile really has emerged as one of the leaders in this parallel economy. And uh, they've got some really, really great news. If you guys haven't heard, they now offer service with all three major networks. So if you are still with one of the big three mobile carriers and you like their service, but you really hate that they're taking a portion of your bill and they're donating it to left-leaning causes every month, um, you really need to try Patriot Mobile. They offer a performance guarantee So if you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch between the three major carriers for 
free. There's no risk to doing this. Well, I mean, you could risk that, like, you're actually going to fund uh, causes that you actually believe in because that's what Patriot Mobile is going to do. They are America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They're going to offer the same coverage and they're going to take a portion of your bill and they're going to donate it to, uh, I don't know, companies that support uh, the Second Amendment. They're going to donate it to making sure that um, uh, all of these school boards are overturned, these liberal school boards. And they've had a lot of success with that as well. You got to try them out. You can go to patriotmobile.com slash news. Get free activation with the offer code news. That is patriotmobile.com slash news. So Kyle Rittenhouse is uh, being sued again, this time by Gage Grosskreutz, who uh, you may recall testified during uh, Kyle's original trial. He was one of the men who Kyle shot in self-defense, and he testified in the trial that he pointed a gun at Kyle and advanced towards him, okay, and now he is suing Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, he's seeking economic losses, damages for emotional distress, humiliation, loss of enjoyment of life, and other pain and suffering on all claims. This is kind of a, a playbook from John Huber, uh, who, of course, is the father of uh, one of the men that uh, Kyle also shot, and he is suing Kyle along with the Wisconsin Police Department. I mean, they're just they're just targeting everyone here. Uh, so Gage, I guess, is following in the steps of this other suit. And I wanted to bring Kyle on himself, uh, Kyle, who is a, a good friend of mine. Uh, Kyle, I, I want to talk to you about this because... It, <laughs> It seems like completely frivolous that this man would testify under oath that he did pursue you with a gun and now later turn around and sue you. Can you shed some light on this? Absolutely. It's ridiculous. The lawsuit does not mention how Mr. Groschutz pointed a gun at me, how Mr. Huber hit me with a skateboard. It's just it miss, it's missing almost 90% of the facts of what happened and it's completely BS. It's ridiculous. It's stressful. And honestly, I don't, I don't even know what to say about this lawsuit. It's just, it's disturbing to see that the courts allow people to get sued like this. Yeah. I mean, it it does seem like they are just trying to just drown you in legal bills. Absolutely. So what I think they're trying to do is they're trying to use me as an example and they're trying to put me in this mountain of legal debt so I can no longer defend this lawsuit. And I don't want that to happen. They can't. We can't let that happen. I mean, it's not just you. You know, there are are people in the past who have, uh, you know, exercised their right to self-defense and then they find themselves, uh, you know, getting arrested. They find themselves in legal trouble. It does seem like uh, the new tactic here is to make people too fearful to defend themselves at this point. That's what it seems. It seems like, okay, if you're acquitted in a criminal trial, you're found that you justifiably defended your life. We're going to sue you for everything you're worth. We're going to drown you in a mountain of legal debt. And we're going to make sure that you can never support your family and that you have no money the rest of your life. And pretty much put the fear of defending your own life and like that you're going to get sued if you defend yourself. So, uh, you know, I, I, I realize that this is a lawsuit and I don't um, I just tell me if you can't answer the question. But I had a thought on this. So they're suing you for emotional distress. Couldn't you could you file a countersuit just 
like suing them for emotional distress? Because, I mean, if you want to talk about, you know, uh, economic losses, damages for emotional distress, uh, humiliation, uh, pain and suffering on all claims, I'm fairly certain you could make quite the case that um, you defending your own life resulted in you actually undergoing all of the all of these you know distresses and economic damage and so i'm just wondering if you've talked to your attorney about the possibility of you actually filing a lawsuit against against gage i think that's a conversation i'm going to have to have with my attorney yeah um so that was that was a good pc answer kyle i see what you did there you um so so I, okay so I want to dispel something that I know we've dispelled on the show previously, but um, when you tweeted out your give, send, go for this mountain of legal debt that you are incurring, um, I, I, I retweeted it and, and I had a, a lady who said, well, I mean, this seems a little greedy, doesn't it? This guy probably has millions from all of these, you know, defamation suits that, uh, that he's won. I don't understand why he's asking for our help. Could you please help me clear that up once more, Kyle? I haven't filed any lawsuits. I haven't won any lawsuits. I've been actually busy defending lawsuits and spending all the money that I that I make and that is donated trying to get over this these these lawsuits. They cost a lot of money and yeah. I I haven't made any money. Um, so thank you, because it's very frustrating to hear people like, I mean, I just take all those millions that you made from The View and just, why don't you spend it on this? Um, so, yeah, guys, no, he's there. They are drowning him in legal debt. OK, he's he has not made anything. Um, we still are hoping, though, Kyle, that uh, those lawsuits might be to come whenever the dust settles. Can you comment on that at all? Hopefully soon. I know um, civil lawsuits are going to cost some money, too. And me and my attorney have a couple of phone calls this week to discuss. OK, good, good. Um, so so tell us, I know you're here in Texas now. What is what's what's daily life like? Because I'd like to believe that here in Texas, uh, you know, you're not uh, running into a bunch of punks who are trying to, to start something with you. I'd like to believe that here in Texas, uh, you know, we would um, we would respect someone who had to go through what you went through all to defend their own lives. It's pretty good here in Texas. I had a speaking engagement that I was canceled at, at Southern Star Brewery um, at Con in Conroe, Texas. So I, was, I was shocked to be canceled by that. But I have some great friends who live out here and I just try to, um, I just try to lay under the radar for the most part. I don't go out much. I'm, I'm more of a homebody and yeah, life is, life is nice here in Texas. I like Texas, but but yeah, yeah. So, um, Kyle, b before I let you go, um, tell everyone where they can donate if they can, if they have the means to to help with all of this legal debt that you've incurred uh, through, I would say, no fault of your own. Go ahead. They can go to www.givesango.com forward slash Kyle Denhouse to donate. Kyle, we, um, I'm really, it just, it angers me. I know we've had this conversation before. I feel like, I feel like, actually, I'm going to share a funny story, Kyle. I, we were talking, um, one, I think, what were we at dinner or something? And, um, Kyle made the comment that it, I was like, a. a a mom. And I was like, all right, calm down. I'm not that much older than you, Kyle. Okay. Maybe big sister. So I feel like, uh, you know, this, this big sisterly, like very much 
anger and loyalty, you know, seeing how the left continues to treat you, continues to try to beat you down, continues to try to drown you in these legal bills. And it just makes me really angry. Um, so I, I really need you to keep us updated on what's going on. Keep us updated. Ask your attorney the question on whether or not you can also file suit, because I think you have absolutely more, obviously, right to do that than, than this guy. And um, uh, we appreciate you being on with us, Kyle. Thank you for having me, Sarah. All right, we will, uh, we will talk to you soon and we're gonna take a break, we'll be right back. Well, Pete Buttigieg finally decided to visit East Palestine, Ohio, uh, and he was met by Savannah Hernandez, reporter for Turning Point and also good friend of the program. Uh, she pressed Transportation Secretary Pothole Pete. And uh, this is a very, very bizarre exchange between not just Pete Buttigieg, but his press secretary, who apparently did not want to do the, like, the one job that she was hired to do. Watch. Mayor Pete, why did it take you an entire two and a half weeks to actually get here to respond to East Palestine? Will you apologize to the residents of this city for for the, the, the slow response, to the government's slow response? Do you have any apology? I'm just press person, I can help you. I'm just press person, I can help you. So can we ask why it took him over almost three weeks to get here? I, I'm sorry, I don't want to do this on camera. What was his personal time off while there was a tragedy happening to here? And can camera. we also ask too why it, uh, you know, he waited until President Donald Trump came here to actually make an appearance. This is a very important question that people you, across America I'm would like to I'm know. I'm happy to have a conversation with you. I do not want to be on camera. Uh, well, please put the cameras quick. away. I'm sorry, we're on a public area, uh, so we are allowed as press. And you guys, I would like you guys to turn your cameras off. You're not on I'm my happy. camera. Well, I'm on a con camera. I would like your cameras to be off, and then I'm happy to talk to you guys. Well, if you're the press secretary of the secretary of the Department of Transportation, don't you think you should be able to ask questions from the American public that Absolutely. you serve? Absolutely. I would like to do it without the camera on. Please. Can I ask why? I think that is a little bit aggressive. That's why. And <laughs> why is it aggressive? <laughs> I'm, I'm on behalf of the American people, I'm just asking why he has not been here until Donald Trump He's came. Asked them. She's asked three, several times for them to turn the cameras off and they will not do it. She's has been able to walk away. Would you like to go inside? I do not. I will walk this way. So can I ask what the secretary is going to do with the picture of Jenny Care? He took her the other day when he, she was asking a you question in Washington, D.C. I'm happy to answer your questions. I would like you guys to not have your cameras on. I, I had don't. my camera off a minute ago. If I turn it off, we'll you all have your cameras on. I can see them. You guys, I'm happy to have this conversation. I don't understand why. <laughs> What is the job of a press secretary if not to go on the record with an official statement from whatever department you are representing? Like, I wanna know how she got hired because we know Pete is the diversity hire. She clearly knows someone, is friends with someone. Like, how in the hell did she get to her position because she clearly is not equipped to handle it? Why would you not be able to go on the record with Reporters, with the press, it's literally your one job. I don't, un is it because she's worried that she's gonna get caught in a lie? Could be, uh, certainly could be. Uh, she certainly engaged with them long enough to like, right. I mean, she you're already on camera. Yeah, she could have. So just it. answer the question. Now there are like, you know, like communications departments are made up of a bunch of different types, right? Now she's the press secretary. Usually that person's the most out front. 
Um, there are some people in communications departments that don't typically go on camera, don't like it, and, and try to avoid it. But she's standing there with them for minute after minute after minute after minute. And she literally said, when, when Savannah was asking Pete, she literally said, I'm his press secretary. Right. I can answer your questions. Right. She very, volunteered. Yes, very, very strange. Uh, and, uh, you know, again, it's, it's, she also has nothing to say here, right? They've done nothing but it. it's been a terrible, they've done a terrible job. It's hard to answer questions from the press when you know you're trying to answer, you know, questions from the press about something where your boss has sucked, right? Like, I mean, he's been terrible uh, since day one with this thing. And I would, it's not even fair to say he was terrible since day one because he didn't do anything for multiple days. So day one didn't even <laughs> exist uh, to Pete Buttigieg. Uh, it is a fascinating exchange, though, because, you know, look, if you don't want to be on camera, you know, I mean, she's not legally required to be on camera. She could just walk away. Mm-hmm. Instead, she sits there and just, like, keeps... I mean, you're on camera. The, you do understand now you're, you're saying on. it on camera. So either walk <laughs> away or answer the questions. Would you rather just be sitting there saying, I'm not on, I don't want to be on camera on camera? Or would you rather answer this stupid question on camera? That's probably the right path. Uh, just, but again, they, they don't, they have any interest in helping, right? Like this no. is not, they're only in defense mode. And you could see it in her eyes. Something came out, the uh, story came out today. Uh, I think it was in Politico that had sort of the back the behind the scenes type of stuff in, in the Buttigieg camp. And they are just horrified about how this has gone. I mean, they, you know, just the, the other day, a week or two ago, Washington Post released a list of the top Democratic presidential candidates. Uh, and number one was, of course, Joe Biden. He's the sitting president. Number two was not Kamala Harris. It was Pete Buttigieg. And, like, they've gone from that to this. So it does seem to be, you know, they're on a sinking ship or a, a, a derailing train. Like, it's just like, how is it possible? It's almost incomprehensible that all of these idiots found each other and decided to hire each other and now all exist within the Biden administration. I, 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 I genuinely, it truly is incredible to me that there are so many people that are just completely incompetent at their jobs. And we're all paying, and we're all paying for them. Mm. Congratulations. Well, I, I would answer this question, but I'd like you to turn the camera off. <laughs> and quite frankly, I find you both aggressive. I mean, come on. I mean, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. And angry Santa over there, like he needs to back off as well. I know. So, but but it's like, yeah. yeah uh, officer, officer, officer. She's uh, filming in a public place. Like, shut up. It's whiner. like you are a press secretary. That is your job. It's like me turning up on set and saying, "I'll act, but you got to turn the cameras off." I mean, it's like it's part of the job, yeah. right? You don't get to say no. And like you said, it's, it's ironic. She's, she spends like five minutes telling him how they shouldn't be filming her while they're filming her. Right. It's like it's happened. It is. I don't know what what you know. Like you have a murder of crows. <laughs> what is it for? Like a collection of morons. <laughs> I don't know. I think we should find out. Uh, find a name for them. Like a collection. Please uh, put your answers in the comments below. Uh, what we should call them? Like a Pete of morons, or you know, I don't know. But uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. And this is what happens when you elect idiots to to <laughs> positions that they shouldn't have. I mean, we should have adults in the room when you're dealing with things like chemical spills. I'm sure, like you're right, I think, I think what, you know, the, we all know the way that works in politics, right, is they get together and they go, hey, listen, I'll back off running against mm-hmm. you if you'll give me this, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, the, this title. They don't have any qualifications for doing it at all. And the, the funny thing is, is when they, they leveled this accusation at the Trump White House as well, when 
a lot of the people that they put in place in the Trump White House actually ran businesses and actually knew how yeah. to run things. They, they weren't career politicians. Uh, but now you realize what happens when actually crap, I didn't, no swear jar <laughs> no for me, it's the fan, right? You want competent people in place to deal with it. And they just can't. Like it's, 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 you can tell they're panicking and she's like, yeah. It, she's like a Karen, right? She, <laughs> I was like, you guys only had three weeks to come up with something to say. You still have nothing? They can't because it's, uh, look, like I told you off air, this is way worse than what people realize it is. Like, this is a very, very serious situation down there in Ohio. And they are panicked because if people actually knew what was going on down there, this would be a massive, massive disaster. Yeah, and it's been really interesting to see, uh, you know, the other side of this, which is, of course, the press. I mean, uh, you know, some reporters, as you see, are, are trying to get to the bottom of these stories, but very few. And, like, I, my impression of the press for the past, I don't know, 30, 40 years is every single time a company does something where there's a possibility that there's some negative side effect, they all turn into Aaron Brockovich, right? <laughs> like, it's immediate Aaron Brockovich mode. They, all they're doing is interviewing random people in the streets, like, what's wrong with you? What are you smelling? <laughs> it's like that weird, like, that's how the media always handles this story every single time, except this one. Mm -hmm. For some reason, this time they're like, ah, the company said it's okay, go home. <laughs> Drink the water, no big deal. It's really weird. Do you remember, was it Deepwater Horizon when they when there was that explosion? Is that what it was? And they were, they were yeah, polluting. Yeah, yeah. It, I remember that being on all, all the time. day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they just was, show the oh, oil. It was on, out. right? Mm -hmm. Do you remember there was like a little mm -hmm. picture down the side, and it was like, Shh, yeah. and then it was like, okay, well, how are we going to, and saying how bad oil people were and all that. But, Nothing now. Nothing. There's it's nothing. really weird. I mean, like, the Deepwater Horizon was great because they, you know, they'd have experts who would release, you know, they would do interviews and they'd say, well, you know, look, you know, it seems really bad to us, but this is a giant body of water. There's a lot of natural seepage. Yeah. There's, and they would ex try to explain it in context and they would get attacked by the media who would say, How, why don't you care about that seagull over there that has oil on its feathers? This is just the opposite. They just don't seem to care at all. And I don't know if it's just, uh, you know, sort of, defensive defensiveness over the administration or maybe just the media has changed so much because that was during Obama, right? Wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't Deepwater Horizon during the Obama administration? But it's I, still battering. But here's the thing. It's, yeah. it's still battering the company. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. not battering the response. Yes. Right? Yes. Now, this is like yep. you guys didn't, well, you did respond and you blew something up, which was idiotic. <laughs> right, right, right. So now it's like yeah. they actually caught, I mean, you could argue that they caused the entire catastrophe right because maintaining the railroads not good the explosion afterwards to be fair, the Pete way was on maternity leave so he can't he was, uh, is, that is he true was, he had a hard time chest feeding yes. so he had to take Thank extended yes. so by the way uh it was 2010 was Deepwater horizon okay yeah so that was yeah. i mean it, I, it really does feel like the media's handling of that was a lot different than this and yeah. i don't know I don't know what's changed, uh, but it does seem like we are having a lot of weird firsts. Like, all of a sudden, uh, the uh, the Democratic Party really doesn't like Russia. I mean, where did that start? I, I, I lived my entire life. All they did was, like, kiss up to Russia and go on honeymoon. Yep. I mean, Bernie Sanders had bought, like, a condo in Moscow, and now, all of a sudden, they just can't stand Russia. All these things are just switching... I mean, to, to bring this to you, of course, Sarah, big pharmaceuticals. Mm -hmm. These people, mm -hmm. all they did was complain about mm -hmm. every pharmaceutical company That was the only forever. thing I could agree with them right. on. Right. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> Pfizer, we love you. <laughs> we hate them all. We love Pfizer. It's just weird how all these things are turning around all 
at once. Something's yeah. going on. Yeah. That's an understatement. <laughs> Something's going Something's on. Something's going on. Uh, all right, we got to take a quick break. We'll be back. <laughs> A fashion designer from Houston, Texas, claimed that uh, this, you mentioned him earlier, Stu, Sam Brinton, <laughs> this uh, disgraced former Department of Energy official, uh, she says that he wore the custom-made clothes that she had reported missing from a Washington, D.C. airport in 2018. This is one of them. You guys who are watching the program, you can see now. All right, I will keep, keep it on that one. Keep it on that one for a second. So I said, well, hold on. If you look at the neckline, it's not the exact same, but some people are saying he was actually wearing it wrong. So if you shifted it, yes, right, it yes, would be okay. the same mm -hmm. neckline. So it's not just that uh, uh, clothing item. There's more of them. If we can, yes, there. So there's another one. Oh. That one is like it. That looks the exact same. Yep, same. Uh, it's the exact same. Okay, here's another one, um, and this. <laughs> Woman's like, hold on a second. She's like, look, here she she tweets. Even his jewelry was in my lost bag. This poor woman is like, where the hell is my bag? Where the hell are my clothes? And sees this like weirdo guy who works for the Biden administration showing up in all of her custom clothing that was stolen. This guy's been doing this since at least. 2018. This is wild. It really is wild. The fact that like this poor woman who just like lost her bag and like thought it was gone forever and then <laughs> sees all of her stuff on some strange person from the from the Biden I mean it is gone from her forever. It is, yeah, that's true. I don't think she wants it back now. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's really weird. I, like I, you know, again, like it's it goes back to the conversation we had earlier. Like, I, you look at the resume of Sam Brinton, and like, I, like, I think he went to an Ivy League school, and and I guess had some background in in the nuclear waste storage. I don't know, but it's like, could this person possibly be the best person to be in charge of our nuclear waste? I'm like, it's just the answer is just no. And like, I think you know, it's like dealing with something like whatever the heck he's dealing with, right? is something that causes chaos in your life, right? Like just, if the person walks in, whether it's for nuclear waste disposal or you know selling Happy Meals at McDonald's, you would know as this person walked in that, okay, there, there is a complicating factor going on. However they're gonna be, are they going to be able to do the best job possible selling hamburgers? I don't know, they've got a lot of stuff on their mind. you know. I, and I think that that is something that is natural for an employer to notice and uh, price in to the higher. It, and it, it's the reverse that happens with the administration where they look at this as a giant positive. We get to say, like no one would ever go, you can't name another person who was in charge of our nuclear waste. Of course not. You can't name probably another treasure, uh, right. transportation secretary. I couldn't. Right. I was like, who? I can't really think of any. Well, now you can because you have really inefficient people doing terrible jobs. So these jobs that are supposed to go completely unnoticed are now noticed. Mm -hmm. We all know these people's names, not because we wanted to get to know them, but because they keep doing such a terrible job or stealing luggage. Yeah, I, I, I got to be honest. I wish I never knew about Sam Brinton. Mm. Like, I wish I could, the men in black flashy thingy, yeah. I, like, I would just... Haunts your dreams? Yeah, just be yeah. gone. <laughs> I would love it if I never knew about Sam Brinton. But now I do. So, uh, 
So is he saying that he's trans? I mean, I, I, I'm confused on um, this. Like, what is it? I don't like, think, I think so. He, I think he says he's non-binary. Non-binary. Yes, he, he identifies as non-binary and uses they, them pronouns. Uh, <laughs> I just, uh, that, that says it all. Huh? Right just, there. So, okay, okay. So uh, this, this woman, so she's, this is Tanzanian fashion, right? She's from Tanzania and, and now is in Houston, which we tried to get a hold of her because I really, I was like, I don't know if her, how, I, obviously, again, she's Tanzanian. I don't know how good her English is, but I would love to talk to her if she wants to have a conversation just, just to hear from her, like, what, like, what went through your mind when you started uncovering these pictures after you realized that he was a luggage thief? And you're like, holy hell, these are my clothes, you bastard. Um, but uh, so her husband actually told uh, reporters that Houston police said that they sent the case to the FBI in Minnesota. And apparently someone called uh, them from the FBI and said, I'm with the FBI, I'm working on this case. And um, they gave the FBI this information and then they never heard anything. So they don't, they're like, we don't know if the case is still on. We don't know if they're not investigating it. And then the FBI wouldn't confirm uh, whether or not it had been investigating. Can you imagine that? You work your whole life to be an FBI agent. You're like, I'm going to take down serial killers. I'm going to go, uh, you know, I want to get the Unabomber. And you get like a luggage thief that steals women's clothes and then goes out and wait. I mean, it's just like we, we're becoming, we're becoming a joke. The country is becoming a joke. And, and it's, it's very, very sad, actually. You know what's the saddest part about that? I feel like you could just, you could just remove the word becoming. <laughs> I, we're already there. I'm just glad he didn't steal mine. Yeah. Like, well, that would be like... What would you do with you your don't clothes? Wear be like, women's clothes. <laughs> no, it'd be like... You're got, covered. I fear for my life every time I go to an airport. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to get my luggage back. I don't know if Sam Britton's going to be there. Can you imagine with my... my <laughs> it'd be like, I've got one pair of underwear, some sweaty socks... A pair of jeans and a white shirt. Like, that's about it. Yeah, he's going like, to look in your bag it. and be like, nah. He'd be like, no, nah. no, thank you. But what, what is it about the left that they, they speak a lot about cultural appropriation? Mm. But they're the ones that are always doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, he, mm. to be fair, he may identify as Tanzanian. I don't know. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. We never asked. I mean, he's they, he's, cause he says he's they, them. Who knows what else he can identify as these days, so... I think that's, I got you there. You got me. I got you there, Matt. It's all very confusing in my very simple brain. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we got to take a quick break. We'll be back. (laughs) Being Tanzanian has nothing to do with coming from Tanzania. It's just your state of mind. Yeah, exactly. That's how you feel. Thank you. Former President Donald Trump accused Atlanta's district attorney of running a kangaroo court Wednesday after a series of really weird media appearances by the forewoman of the special grand jury that was uh, probing his actions around the 2020 election. Uh, Watch this. Did you personally want to hear from the former president? I wanted to hear from the former president, but honestly, I kind of wanted to subpoena the former president because I got to swear everybody in. Mm. And so I thought it'd be really cool to get 60 seconds with President Trump of me looking at him and being like, do you solemnly swear? And me getting to swear him in, I just, I kind of just thought that would be an awesome moment. Oh my God. What the? Liberal white women are a scourge on this society and must be stopped. 
I'm just gonna say it. Is that a? If she looks like she's 13, I, like what, is, this, is that really a person like that was in an official court proceeding? They always have these eyes. Why do they always look like this? Why do they always <laughs> wow. have these are you, eyes? Are you hearing this? They. Yeah. They. Are you hearing what she's saying? Is the, that like a they them? People? I, I thought understand? it was. I thought. I thought okay. she was they them. Oh. Okay. Oh. oh <laughs> I don't know anymore. That is 100 percent okay. <laughs> it's fine to be inclusive. But did, did you okay. notice how many times she said I yes. in that? Yes. Because all about her. What person would want to do that? Like, why is why would that be exciting to someone? Like, if people want to get out of jury duty, not do it more. No, because Trump broke her. Yeah. She just wants she just wants him to go down because she is broken. And she wants to be part of that proceeding. Like she, she wants yes, to be part of the history. Yes, she wants to be important. But she got voted as the person, the four the woman four person, woman, yeah, the lead. whatever. I don't know what it's called anymore. I just the lead juror. That one. And that's that's who be... you want representing you right there. The, the crazy-eyed woman. Yeah. Great. Great job. Good job, Atlanta. Uh, guys, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.